Producers without a clue. Seriously? That's what they call animation nowadays? How do you even sell a show? What the hell is a production packet? Oh yeah, it's gonna be animated. It's gonna be real cool. Wait, who's animating this thing? You've gotta believe in your own ideas. Everyone is pitching ideas! What do you have to join the Illuminati? We just have to do it our way! Animation has warped my sense of reality. I didn't tell him to draw that! <laughs> oh, it's all about the demographic. Alright, here we go! Producers Without a Clue, Episode 9. I'm Brian Finley. My property that I'll be talking about is Chicken Mecha Turtle. And And you are? And I'm Michael Cook, and the property I'm talking about today is Chucky Chicken. Awesome. Alright, let's get into it. Animation Current Events is February 1st, 2021. Uh, What hit your radar? I got a big one. Okay. Um, so back in December, um, I, well, let me preface. I am a huge fan of Sonic the Hedgehog, the video game series. You know, he's had a number of television shows. He's had um, the longest running comic book uh, adaptation of a video game ever. It ran from 1993 all the way to 2016. So that was a big deal. Um, this is a big year for Sonic. It is his 30th anniversary. He debuted on June 23rd, 1991 on the Sega Genesis or the Mega Drive to everyone else outside of North America. And um, back in December, Netflix accidentally revealed that there's going to be a Sonic uh, 3D animated series coming out on their platform. So they quickly... Oops. <laughs> <laughs> but today we now have new information on it. They officially announced that Sonic Prime is confirmed Ooh. for 2022. So I'm just going to read it here from IGN. Netflix has announced an all-new animated Sonic the Hedgehog series, Sonic Prime, set to premiere worldwide in 2022. The animated adventure will consist of 24 episodes, which will follow Sonic on a high-octane adventure where the fate of a strange new multiverse rests in his gloved hands. Whilst that might sound like a familiar premise, Netflix notes that the series is, quote, more than a race to save the universe, as the blue blur ultimately finds himself on a journey of self-discovery and redemption. It's going to be a collaboration between Sega and Wild Brain Studio, which, of Mm -hmm. course, is going to be handling the production, the distribution, the licensing of the series, along with Ben 10 Creators Man of Action Entertainment, which is going to be really cool. Um, This also comes along with the news. So basically, the series is based on the beloved video game, which celebrates its 30th anniversary this year. Um, It's said uh, to build upon the momentum that was generated for the iconic character following the release of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie last year. Um, It was um, so basically the, the movie was so successful Um, it was number one in its opening weekend. Um, and they just recently announced that they are that not along with the, with this series, that there is also going to be a sequel. Sonic two will be hitting the movie theaters, April 8th of 2022. Very cool. I am very excited about this (laughs) now. I mean, I'm 33. So Sonic the Hedgehog is right there in my childhood zone. 
I grew up, <laughs> no pun intended, because Sonic travels through zones in the game. That's what the levels are called. So that's kind of fun. Um, so meta. It's very meta. Um, I grew up with Sonic. I grew up with him on the Genesis. I grew up with him on the Game Gear. I even got the Dreamcast. You know, mm. I followed his adventures all these 30 years. I collected every comic book from the Archie run. Uh, Archie Comics uh, did a, a wonderful, uh, as I mentioned, um, comic book series. I love Sonic. And it's funny because, you know, this being the 30th anniversary year, there's a lot going on. So back in t uh, back a year ago, they said that they were going to announce something every month to kind of leading up to the 30th anniversary. That didn't happen because of COVID-19. So now mm. things are starting to kind of wind down a little bit. They're starting to pump out some new information, which is super cool. What excites me about this series is the fact that there is a multiverse uh, component to the show. Now, there's always been this rift between all of the Sonic fans. They're the most loyal fans in the world, but there are people who are purists, who love, you know, the classic era of Sonic from the Sega Genesis. There are people who love, you know, the early modern version, which was the Dreamcast, still all the way up to the GameCube. There's people who love the modern Sonic. There's people who remember the comic books or the Saturday morning cartoons or Sonic X or, you know, even Sonic Boom, which came out a couple of years ago, but nobody really, you know, likes that so one. So this show, is it going to be an extension of the movie universe or not canon to that at all i we don't know that now that's that's the thing that could make or break the show what fans of what as a sonic the hedgehog fan what i have wanted for a very long time is a tv show mm -hmm. or a, a series an animated series that is that takes place in the world of the video games so Green Hill Zone, you know, Ro you know, uh, Station Square, Mystic Ruins, uh, the Space Colony Arc. Uh, if you've if you've ever played the games, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. If not, you're like, what the hell? I'm just, I'm a big Sonic fan, you know. But I also want to have like the classic characters like Tails and Knuckles and Shadow and you know, Doctor Robotnik or Eggman as they call him now. So there's a way that they could either a do it the right way or royally screw it up. If they make it like an addition to the movie, they're going to mess it up because people were already going in with, you know, the new design of Sonic. I mean, back in April of 2019, it was just absolutely horrible because they revealed the Sonic trailer and the way that they had designed Sonic before was just atrocious. I don't know if you saw that or not. Oh, I did. And I'm not <laughs> convinced it wasn't done on purpose. <laughs> Because it turned out to be the most beautiful free marketing campaign mm -hmm. of any film. I, everybody, I everybody yeah. hated that design. And it was just like people who don't like you would never even think liking Sonic the Hedgehog was like, whoa, that's not Sonic. You need to fix that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then they did. And it became the number one box office movie uh, when it came out uh, almost a year ago in 2020. Uh, yeah. uh, Valentine's Day. So, I mean, it beat out Birds of Prey. It beat out a whole bunch of movies. It was number one in the box office. It was huge. So, 
I mean, obviously, the, they have two different routes. It's like, okay, we could go with the movie, but it's all animated. That's the beauty of it. It is an animated series. It is not a live-action animation hybrid like the film. So it looks like it's going to be toward the, the video game world, which I am all about. Yeah. But I but I if they do the I think they're doing the multiverse theory so they can include the classic era of Sonic, so they can include the you know the different worlds of it's supposed to cater to both new fans as well as longtime Sonic fans. You yeah. know, your boy right yeah. here. So I'm super excited about it. I <clears throat> the logo looks really, really cool. Um they released some information on it, like I said here on IGN. Um, I will actually send you a, a picture of it here because there's it's called Sonic Prime. They only released the logo, and mm. it looks very interesting. Um, let me see if I can. Uh, you know what? I can do this. I forgot. <laughs> uh, we can share the screen. So let me know if you can see it. Yep. Yep. So there it is. It. it cool. Yeah. So there's a. a we don't know if it's also going to be tying in with the 30th anniversary game. If there is going to be a 30th anniversary game, there's a lot up in the air, but the fact mm. that they gave us some information on the series, um, it's coming out on Netflix. Um, it is going to be animated. That to me is just a breath of fresh air. So I'm, I'm look, I saw that today. I was like, Oh my God, I got something to talk about today. <laughs> and it's current. <laughs> That's awesome. So no, that's, that should be fun. And, um, you know, the studios that are tapped that are involved in it are mm -hmm. like awesome. Yeah. They um, did the big uh, folks who worked on big hero six, the animated feature are going to be working on this one as well. So it's going to be an action show. It's an action yeah. adventure show. Um, another big thing to kind of, tie into this whole thing mm -hmm. um while we got all this amazing good news we recently were hit with some really distressing news um roger craig smith who was the voice of you know who's been the voice of sonic the hedgehog since 2010 like the character of sonic recently was let go from the role mm. so Why? and not only uh, no idea mm. uh, you know it sega does this very bizarre thing ever since you know Sonic's gone through quite a few different voice actors. He's had Steve Urkel himself, Jaleel White, in mm -hmm. the 90s. He was Sonic from 93 all the way to 1999. Um, in the video games, you had Ryan Drummond. He was the first Sonic from 2000, from 99 all the way to 2002, 2003 in the games. Uh, for Kids Entertainment, when they did the dub of the anime series, they brought on Jason Griffith to be Sonic. And then they did this whole merger thing where they were like, you know what, we're going to bring the four kids cast to do the dubs for the video games. So then starting in like 2004, all the way to 2009, Jason was the voice for Sonic. But then in 2009, 2010... They brought in Roger Craig Smith, and they replaced almost everybody on the team. The only person that they didn't replace was Mike Pollock, who has continued to be Dr. Eggman since around 2002, 2003. And that's important because he is also the voice of Tommy Turkey in the Chuck E. Chicken series. So I think that's kind of cool that we have Boom. that. Boom. Full circle. <laughs> it goes full circle. 
So it was very upsetting to everyone is sad about it. You know, everyone's like, oh, my God, like they're trying to make thank you, Roger, the hashtag uh, trending on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I will be a part of that as well. Roger brought a very unique take to the character. Um, Ryan and Jason, I think, were trying too hard to make Sonic sound cool. You know, they were like, wow, whoa, yeah, this is happening, you know. While Jason uh, was very, or not Jason, uh, Roger, excuse me. Um, Roger was very much like, eh, you know, whatever. We'll just go on an adventure. It'll be cool. Grab some chili dogs. He took the character and he made it, he genuinely made him cool. Just, you know, I've, if you've ever heard Roger Craig Smith perform, he just, um, he's just a wonderful, great voice actor. So he's done so much stuff and he will be continuing to work. I'm not worried about him, but he, he did put out on Twitter that, you know, you know, it's been a great run. Um, thank you for a decade of fun and, you know, golden years. And just, it just, it's really sad. But not only that, I know I'm hitting you with a lot of shit here. Um, <laughs> you could put the, the little sheep there. Um. I'm sorry. More work for you. I, I promise I'll, I won't swear anymore. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't care. It's your mama. She's disappointed. She is. Yeah. <laughs> she has not gotten on me for the other episodes. So thank you for that. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, but then they also uh, announced that all the writers, like the previous writers who worked on the other Sonic projects are also gone. Mm. Like they got rid of them as well. So it looks like they're gearing up for a full-blown Sonic soft reboot, which could either be, again, a really good thing, or it could be a really bad thing. Because the last time that they did a reboot like this was back in 2006. And I don't know if, you, if you've heard the stories of Sonic the Hedgehog for the 360 or like the, you know, Sonic 06. No. It was, it came out for the 15th anniversary of the, of the franchise. And it is still today considered the worst video game ever made. Even ever. worse than E.T. for even, Atari? Even worse. Wow. Even Like it was the year that Sonic should have died because most times, video game characters, they have a game like that, they're gone. <laughs> like, that's it. But Sonic kept going. And now here we are, 30 years later, you know, 15 years after that horrific mess. And he's climbed his way out of the pit. And now he's celebrating 30 years. I mean, so again, that, I'm That's I'm cool, man. That doesn't happen a lot. No, it doesn't. No. So. I'm sorry for geeking out on Sonic. No, that that's cool. I'm sure the Sonic fans will be like, yeah, you tell them, Mike. <laughs> I mean, I don't know a lot about Sonic, so, I, you know, they'll be like, yeah, drop the mic on that mofo. <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay, Xer. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. I had an Atari, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I did. And all of my friends did too. Oh, oh cool. yeah. <laughs> um, did you play Sonic the Hedgehog? Did you ever play a Genesis? I played or? it uh, on uh, Genesis, the very first game I, I played it that came out. Beyond that, my 
you know, I'd see articles in video game magazines about Sonic, so I'd read those. And but I never really, I never fell for Sonic the way I fell for, uh, like my, I became a fan of games like Battletoads, Earthworm Jim. Um, there was even a Looney Tunes game that I I enjoyed games that felt like I was playing a cartoon, you know. The, right. And um, Sonic for me was just I I don't know it di- it didn't do it for for me. I preferred Mega Man. Um, it and and they sort of felt like they were of that same uh, uh, sci-fi time period. You know what I mean? So. Uh, but again, Mega Man was a little bit more cartoony, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah, um, different, completely different style of gameplay, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's still they were both made in Japan. I mean, I totally understand where you're coming from with that. But um, yeah. but no, man, I and, and that 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 makes sense because you were a kid of the '80s. You know, you grew up in that era like you were a nintendo kid so that makes complete sense yeah when sonic started getting really big i was into like i i was starting to get into the 3d games the early versions of tekken and the these things uh, they were like so brand new that those of us who were like older teenagers were like oh whatever all that other stuff is Mm -hmm. like child's play now because Look at this! I can I can move around. The camera follows my right. character. What the like Mario sixty? It's so cool because yeah. I kids will never understand what it was like to play a game on the Nintendo. Four or five years later, get a Super Nintendo or a Sega Genesis, and then another four or five years later, exp- what you experienced in two D and like sprite animations evolved into 3d polygonal characters and worlds nobody like kids today will never understand that they will not understand how cool it was to see the characters literally go from 2d to 3d and it's funny that we talk about sonic because out of all the video game characters his transition was the worst (laughs) yeah yeah um see back then people people didn't even really own the game systems when PlayStation came out, the mm-hmm. first one, uh, not a lot of people owned it. They would rent it. Right. Right. And and you would have to put down a $200 deposit or something crazy like that. And then you'd pay like 40, 50 bucks for one night, you know, and the games you got were very poly- polygon designed like one one of my favorite games on playstation one was like a a crash test derby game with cars oh, yeah yeah crash uh crash team <coughs> racing yeah and right? uh yeah like super basic compared to today right. but back then we were like oh my god there's stuff breaking off of the cars and they're oh, just little triangles that. right i of, remember crash bandicoot spiral the dragon like the croc the now, legend of the spiral Gulls. the dragon that was uh, for for me. I I really appreciated that game because it felt um, well. Again, it it felt like I was in a cartoon world, right? right. Uh, I I just never got that with um, with with Sonic. I I never got that immersion feeling. But you know, like you said, we're we're products of our time period, right? Right. 
Yeah. Um, so, but I mean, I always appreciated the 2D art of Sonic, though. And I remember thinking, I wish the games looked like this. Yeah. You know? And it's funny now because they're catching up. Like, yeah. now yeah. it's like you make a Sonic game, it, it what you see is what you get. You know, I think the game for me that really solidified my love for Sonic. Um, I had a couple. I had Sonic 2 for the Genesis. That was my first game. Loved it. You know, that was the one that me and my brother played. He was always Tails, and I was always Sonic because I was the oldest, and that's kind of how it works. Um, you know, I... But then, when he went into 3D, Sonic Adventure 2 was the game that, to me, was like... It, it, it made me love sonic even more because every level was like being on a roller coaster and it was like this high adrenaline of speed the character was like his is saying back then was he was way past cool and that is true he was way past cool still is in my opinion yeah. um you know i just then that game in particular sonic adventure 2 if you play Sonic Adventure 1 and then you play Sonic Adventure 2, it's night and day. You know, the cutscenes for Adventure 2 really gave you that immersion that you were playing a cartoon. Like, like you... Like I remember thinking that about Mario and Mario <laughs> 2. Yeah. I remember when Mario 2 came out, I'm like, oh my God, the graphics are yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> and And no, they're the same. They're just... You know, there's little tricks that are being yeah. done that wasn't in one, but there's still the the eight bit, you know. Right. <laughs> so, but you I know? remember like just <laughs> unbelievable. Did you know that our version of Super Mario Brothers two was not the original Super Mario Brothers two? No, I didn't know. Did that. you hear about this? Yeah. So in Japan, the Super Mario Brothers two that they got was pretty much an expansion of the first game, only a thousand times harder. Like, it was the introduction of poison mushrooms. They added wind elements. So when you jumped, Ooh. like, the wind would blow you into pits. Like, it was just way too hard. Yeah. And it was actually um, Howard Phillips, who was the playtester for Nintendo in the 80s. He looked at this game and was like, this is not going to fly. Forget it. Like, there is no way that Americans are going to want to play this game. And he was smart. Because they were right after, you know, the big game crash of 83. So it was still new. This was like 86, 87. Yeah. So if they had Super Mario Brothers, which was the most successful game of all time, and then the sequel came out and sucked, it would be like, well, that's it. Bubble popped, you know? Yeah. So at the time, um, they were part, uh, Nintendo was a part of this huge festival in Japan. Um, called the Yume Kojo uh, Dream Factory. Like it was like this huge uh, television network that was just celebrating Japan. And they had these characters, uh, these Middle Eastern, like Arabian Nights style characters called the, uh, the Yume Kojo family, you know. And they basically uh, made this game called Yume Kojo Doki Doki Panic. And what Nintendo decided to do was. They made the game for the festival, but they owned the game. They didn't own the mm. characters, but they owned everything else. So Nintendo was like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take Doki Doki Panic. We're going to take out the, the playable characters, leave everything else, and put in Mario, Luigi, Peach, and Toad 
and put it out as Super Mario Brothers 2 for the United States. And that's what they did, and it worked. That was so crazy. <laughs> they, they did a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. Um, now, you mentioned for the Sonic stuff that one of the studios involved helped with Big Hero 6. Yes? Okay. So to use that as a segue... Uh, my thing for animation current events is Baymax has a short film out called Dream, I believe. Okay. And it's an interactive short film. Really? Whatever that means. Uh, hmm. I, I watched a little... I got a fruit fly in my office and it's driving me nuts. Um <laughs> Uh, whatever that means, it's, uh, I, the trailer I watched showed people like grabbing characters mid action and dragging them around and closing characters eyes. Like it was like a choose your own adventure. If you remember those books, oh, uh, from, 100%. From I school. Love yeah, it was like that for YouTube. So apparently you can stream this short and while you're watching it, you take your mouse and you interact with it. Really? I don't know how it's going to work. I'm I'm excited to give it a go. Um, I think it just uh, premiered at Sundance or something. Wow. But, I mean, I'm, I'm always into, like, technology stuff, and uh, this just seemed crazy. You know, they did that a couple years ago with uh, Puss in Boots. I don't know if you saw that or not, but they did no. something on Netflix yeah. like that. So it was like a choose your own kind of thing where you could figure like you could choose the path. I remember watching a little bit of it. It was yeah, really but interesting. I, I think this is like a lot more real time and like constant. Like I think you can actually keep messing with characters while they're trying to tell you a story and they respond and like I I don't know. It seemed very strange because they're relying on cloud rendering. Mm -hmm. Not so much, um, you know, uh, individual processor rendering, right? So there's that ability for, for the movie to keep changing what's happening. Um, God, I, I don't even know how they do it because when you animate a character in a film, you're being mm -hmm. very deliberate about its movements, right? Right. But if you're animating a character in a film that's supposed to be messed around with by, you know, a person touching the screen and moving the character's arm up in the air, well, that uh, now you're talking about dynamic animation that's built off of AI, right? Well, I mean, that's kind of what they do with video games. I mean, they have to program, you know, character animations and then put that into a games engine, yeah, you know, but they're they're controlling. Like you can either you can, you're pushing buttons, right? Well, well, true. On, but on this but, one, they were showing like, like you can make the character have squinty eyes while he's talking. Really? Yeah, you can like there. There was a clip in the trailer that showed like the eyes being one eye being closed totally and one eye staying open. You'll have uh, to send that to me. I wanna. I definitely want to check it out. I'm very interested in in seeing that yeah I, I can't wait to you know watch it and see what the big fuss is about it sounds interesting like that yeah. that's very very cool i i don't know how that would work though that's bizarre but then again 
you know, I don't really know how much of anything in technology works. <laughs> I just enjoy like, ooh, pretty, it moves. Yeah. And that's my ADD brain for you. Yeah. But, so, uh, uh, but, but, it, hey, but again, it, it made me think about like how many years away are we from uh, light projected entertainment? Uh, you know what? If we got to get uh, hooked up with an engineer and see if we can come up with something like that. Because if we can and we get on top of that, like, you know, holy cow, yeah. good, you know, break it in the big bucks. Like that's. Yeah, everybody, forget GameStop. Go out and buy <laughs> stocks in, in like light projection technology. Can I just say like how <laughs> I, you know, I I actually went ahead and I got the public app on uh, on my phone because I am so interested in like doing stocks and everything. Um, I actually I'm thinking about getting stock in AMC theaters. Like I really am thinking about getting stock in them. I don't understand how stock works at all. <laughs> I, I've, I'd be interested to get into it, I guess, if, mm -hmm. I, if I could figure out a safe route. Right. Um, but, yeah. Well, I, I use I money know. from my 401k, and I just kind of transfer funds from there, you know, because they're already in the stock market as it is. My father and my mother got me for my graduation from high school one share of stock in the Walt Disney Company. And this was back in 2007. So now that stock has probably skyrocketed in price. Actually, I can tell you how much right now the stock is worth. Uh, do, 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 do. And then we'll get to the more important fun stuff here. But I'm just kind of curious. So... Where's the big D? There you are. Diz is at $170.89 a share currently. So it's, it's you know, my goal, and I said this on the other podcast that we do, the 10 Away podcast, my goal in my lifetime is to own 10% of the Walt Disney Company. Like, that is my goal. Like, I want to at least get 10% of the company. I don't know how the hell I'm going to do it, but... Wow. Hashtag goals. Uh, yeah. Wow. I, think, I mean, I want to be able to have a seat at the board. I want to be able to make decisions and go, you're fired. You're fired. <laughs> I love your hustle, man. Most people are like, my goal is to get a job at the Walt Disney Company. I don't care if I'm selling churros. Yeah. I'm going to work for Walt Disney. I you, you're like, I'm going to sit <laughs> on the board. All your asses are fired. <laughs> and it's just going to be me. <laughs> no. no I would not do that. No, 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 no. I would bring back the ghost of Walt Disney, you know. I'd be like, come on in, Walt. Let's go. Through, through holographic light technology. There you go. Exactly. I just buy, imagine. Buy your stocks, people. Buy your stock. I mean, it's this whole thing. Like, it just yeah. has been. We have been awakened to so many different things in just the past year. I mean, well, twenty. It directly impacts creative people. It really does. Um, the more I think about it, the more I'm. I'm not just joking when I say I want to get into the stock game. There are technologies attached to what we do as a trade and a passion that are showing no signs of slowing down or fading away. Um, if anything, they're, they're going to just accelerate and evolve. And um, 
you know, think about the people who are like, oh, I should have invested in Apple. IBM or Apple or KFC, right. whatever. The right? fun story I heard about Apple, and I'm going to share this, um, since we were kind of on the talk of Atari anyway, did you know that the founder of Atari got asked to be in on the ground level of Apple and turned it down? Uh, no, I didn't know that. Nolan but Bush. He did okay, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Nolan, Nolan Bushnell was the founder of Atari, the co-founder of Atari, and he was, um, I think it was right after he sold his company to Warner's, because Warner came in in 1978, 79, or something like that, and bought the company from Nolan outright because the Atari 2600 was doing so well. Um, at that time... Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak were actually working at Atari. They were programmers. They built the game Breakout. And they actually, you know, helped Bushnell make a cabinet under like, uh, I think it was, the goal was to make it under 100 chips. And they made it in under 50. But only Wozniak knew how to make it, how to reproduce it. So they ended up scrapping the whole thing. But then Stephen Woz went back to Bushnell a couple years later, like 81, 82, and was like, hey, we're starting up this new company called Macintosh. Um, we need, you know, some funding. Would you be interested? And he says it perfectly. He says, uh, Steve Jobs came up to me and offered me an opportunity to po be a part of Apple. And I was so smart, I said no. <laughs> <laughs> And then just to see him, to, he like every time he tells the story, he shakes his head and he goes, "I was I was making Chuck E. Cheese at the time. I just thought that was gonna be the end all, big all, but nope." Jeez. <laughs> Which is true. He is the creator of Chuck E. Cheese's as well. I mean, the guy did good. I mean, the guy, you know, yeah, he he's did still okay. Wrong. I don't I don't feel so bad for him. Proof light. <laughs> You're just struggling, man. I see him. I, <laughs> I I saw him like go right by your yeah. face. Did you get him? I don't know. I think so. Okay. There's probably more than one. Yeah, but you're That's right. That's what happens when when you get kids that leave like apple cores hidden in couches and all kinds of weird stuff. Uh, every day is an adventure. <laughs> but you love your children. <laughs> you love your children. I do. I you do. love your kids. Um, okay, yeah. so moving on to uh, updates. What cool. you got? Well, <laughs> this past week. Oh, boy. Where do we begin with this past week? Yeah, um, without throwing anybody under the bus. God, okay. Um, <laughs> you know what? No, we're going to flip the squip. Whip the squipped is what we're going to do. Elmer Fudd syndrome here. We're going to whip the squip, everybody. <laughs> you go ahead and give us your update first. Okay. I first. So let's go ahead and give you. All the right. Chance. Let's watch me fumble with how to share the screen and all of that good stuff. I've done a lot of talking so far, so I want to like catch my breath. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. I caught it. So no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Okay, let me load up what I wanted to show. And okay, 
So let me try to share the screen. I go over here, I click on share screen and I click on, I guess I click on that and I hit start sharing. Do you see anything? Yes. Yeah? I do. Wow, how come it worked this time? I did the same thing. It likes you this time. Okay. All right, so like I talked about in episode eight about Chicken Mecha Turtle, uh, every episode I'm gonna review a page I'm working on and the painted progress of that page for the Chicken Mecha Turtle issue one comic book. Um, so this is page number nine where she has fallen uh, through a shed down into caverns below her grandfather's mansion, uh, knocked the wind out of herself, and she's coming to. And what will she see? Well, we'll find out next week on page 10. <laughs> but what I wanted to show was just basically my process in uh, laying out the page, uh, roughing in uh, the text and the lettering, um, you know, playing around with panel layout, which I'm new to comic books, so I'm sure there are pros out there that are going to look at this and tear the new one. Go for it. I encourage you to. <laughs> Episode two, we'll see how much I learn and do better on. Okay, but uh, so this page, what I do uh, from this, I take it into Illustrator uh, for ink and paint because I have very bad essential tremors, so I need the help of a digital uh, process to help smooth out my, my hand shakes. Mm -hmm. uh, so I use Illustrator. It has a very cool thick and thin um, brush tool, and uh, I'm sure I could do it in Toon Boom or you know, a million other programs, uh, but I like Illustrator. It, it's very quick for me to ink and paint it in Illustrator. And uh, eventually, I get a PNG inked uh, uh, outline. Outlined, yeah, thank you. Outline, um, and everything is layered. As you can see in Photoshop here, I have all my layers. As you can also see, uh, because I'm doing it for myself, I have done the lazy thing, and I haven't named a single freak. Oh, there's one that's labeled. There we go. There we go. Don't gotta, work this way. Gotta label your layers, because if Dude. it's not, because if you send it to somebody, you they exactly. will be completely they lost. Will, they will freak out on you, and make <laughs> you cry. They will. Although, <laughs> although I did have one instance where someone did label all of their layers, um, but they didn't label them in English, and that did make me cry just a little bit, because I'm like, <laughs> what is Glockenspoon? <laughs> yeah. I, I can't make that joke. I love him kind of dead, so, but anyway, moving on. So, yeah, so I'm just That's going nice. through each panel, and I'm working on the, the coloring, and I've gotten to the stage um, about halfway through this page, uh, so now I'm going back through. I'm going to be putting in shadows and highlights, and, uh, you know, finishing off details like pupils and inner right. mouths and then uh, putting shadows and highlights and stuff. So Yeah, but you're doing it the right way. I love this. This is like a perfect way to kind of get the basic view. And you go panel by panel and you're just cleaning yeah. up as you go. I love that. Yeah, well, it, it helps me uh, sort of uh, 
you know, it's like you said, you get this base layer done mm -hmm. and then you can finesse it after that. So may I offer a suggestion for panel three with the glasses? This one, this one. Oh uh, yeah. 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 Panel four. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I think it would be cool if you did like a lens lens effect where um, the glasses were in focus and chicken uh, or what's her name? May, I think it is. Grace. Grace. Grace is blurry. So it's like a film effect kind of deal. Like, you know how. Yeah. It, yeah. It, Depth yeah. of field. I do that in all of the pages. That's the last thing I do. Mm -hmm. I do all my painting first, and then I go through. And I do my depth of field. Okay. Um, on it, that that's sort of a carryover from my After Effects workflow. Um, when I'm working in After Effects, I just make sure all the video stuff is working overall, mm -hmm. and everything's where and when it should be, and all the color correction, and all that. And then I go in and I start messing with depth of field stuff. I know a lot of people do it earlier in the process, but I, I it's sort of my last step. But uh, no, we were we we're on the same uh, wavelength with that. Nice. So good that, to know. that's a good uh, call out. Nice. So, I so love, yeah, by yeah by next week I will have this page finished, and uh, then we can move on to page ten, and there's probably going to be about twenty two pages um, in this first in the first in, issue. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. How do you feel about your progress? Because as we mentioned last week, you know, going from Mimsy and Dusty, which relied heavily on a team, um, to a solo project like this with the comic book, um, how do you personally feel like about your progress thus far? Uh, not too bad. It's a bit of a re, like when you restart a cold engine, because I was working on this a couple years ago mm -hmm. and, uh, it got pushed aside because I got a teaching job and I just, I had no time for it. Um, so now that I have more bandwidth and uh, more of a desire to get my own properties out there, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's pretty cool to be able to step back into the creative process on your own thing and not be working on somebody else's idea and putting all your energy into that. And then at the end of the day, you got nothing left for yourself. Right. Right. So no, I, I feel pretty good about it. Nice. Yeah. I, well, it's coming along fantastically. So very well done. Thank you. Very well done. Thank you. The, the next page or no, uh, two pages after this is a big double spread where, uh, the robot comes to life and reaches out to grab her. And Don't spoil it. We want to be surprised when we see it. Well, I think weeks. I already showed the rough for it on episode eight. Uh, I don't think you did, actually. No? No. Well, people will just have to go watch and find out. There you go. <laughs> All right, cool. That's the only update I have. My updates are going to be fairly short and sweet. Um, nice. And... Uh, yeah, that's okay. That. Well, well done, good sir. I Thank love you. how this is coming along. Um, I, I, I just I have so many wonderful things to say about it, and I can't wait to read it. I, I love the story. I, it's really, really cool. I'm normally not into sci-fi stories, but this one I can get down with. It's almost like a Darkwing Duck esque kind of story, and I really dig it. 
Yeah, it's um, it's definitely going to be uh, full of a lot of different. Uh, I I don't know if genres is the right, but like but motifs. Gonna, motifs. There you go. I like that. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's going to have that. <laughs> cool. You know, it, it's going to be hip for uh, the female audience to get engaged with it because the lead character is going to be a strong, uh, badass young woman who is, Ooh. you know, trying to save the earth. Um, and, and also trying to stop her grandfather from blowing himself up on a daily basis. Um, what a gal. What more could yeah. you ask for, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's exactly cool. what happens around here at my house. <laughs> <laughs> Your daughters are trying to stop you from killing yourself, huh? Well, from doing stupid stuff where I might hurt myself for sure. Well, there you go. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Like blowing yourself up, you know, one day you're just like, Pah, my tablet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Daddy, don't use the grinder around the propane tank. Sorry. Boom. Boom. So, yeah. Not again. <laughs> All right. Now it's your turn, buddy. Oh, God. Oh, wow. Where to begin? Um, so last week we were uh, in the process of essentially just trying to get things again back in some sort of semblance of an order. Um, it seems, you know, as you as are my director on Carolers of Clucking, which is the latest cartoon in production, we got the animatic finished, which is fantastic. Um, and if you want, we can cut here and you can play the animatic and then... I will do that. Here's the animatic. Here we come, a caroling among the leaves so green. Here we come, a caroling so happy to be seen. Love and joy come to you, and a merry Christmas too. May God bless you and send you a happy new year. May God send you a happy new year. Good tidings we bring to you and your kin. Good tidings for Christmas and a happy new year. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. I love the Christmas, the holly and the mistletoe, and all the presents making pudding! And a happy new year. And we're back. Okay. <laughs> Great transition. It's like it's like we were only Wasn't going that to... good? Yeah. Wasn't that smooth? That was very smooth. Yeah. Smooth. Like a... Like peanut butter. Smooth. Smooth. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of in, ironically, <laughs> the same situation that you were in a couple of weeks ago, where <laughs> I had all the people that were, you know, excited and working and doing everything for Chuck E. Chicken. And now it seems like a lot of them are falling off the face of the earth. So um, it's a little frustrating, but the good news is while one door is slightly kind of looking like it's closing just a smidge, it's not mm. completely closed. So we still have like a little bit of current going in. It's like mm -hmm. some pesky beaver is like trying to build a dam 
through the you know the river of you know productivity. So now we just got to get fruit it. fly is buzzing around that you can't seem to kill. Right. Well, we're gonna sh- we're gonna kill this damn beaver. I'm telling you right now. Like we're gonna kill the beaver per- of of you know hold holding progress. Um, but um, while that dam is kind of going up, we're gonna find a way to get rid of them. Yeah. And then clear the dam out. Uh, and one way that we have done that is we have secured a couple of meetings with some Don't really. Don't give too much away. I'm Don't not going to. Yeah. Much. Not going to give. Don't go into details. Right. I, that's very yeah. hard for me to do, but. I know. I know. It's exciting. <laughs> it's very exciting. It is very exciting. So yeah. now we are in the process of you, myself, Rebecca, and Aaron, the executives of the team going and finalizing our pitch packet and going and um, renewing um, the artwork, like redoing the artwork, finalizing everything. Um, we worked on the budget for the cartoon last week, which I thought was really great. We have a a, a pipeline like down on paper, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, last week was also kind of scary because I got a call from Tom Ruger and, uh, we had the, the story meeting as everybody knows. Um, and I had the difficult task of transcribing a meeting, a video that had no audio. <laughs> so... <laughs> so you were lip reading well, and it went well. It did. We got eight <laughs> pages. We have eight pages of story material, which is yeah. fantastic. I mean, seriously, though, like everybody was very good about uh, keeping their notes and then giving them to me. And tra- so then I could put them into the into the folder. And I sent that off to him this morning, which is good. Um, just a lot of very weird, weird developments going on with Chucky. And it's been... A lot of it has been good. A lot of it has also been kind of frustrating because, um, you know, we've had people who, as a producer who can't afford to pay anybody, it is very difficult to ask a lot of people who just don't have their heart and soul into it. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can tell the people who have their heart and soul into it because every day, they're, they're bringing something to the table. Every day they're like, look what I'm doing. Look what I've got, you know. And I do have to give that person props. Andrew Mortimer is doing that. Every single day he is sending uh, new footage. Every day he is working and doing this thing. And I'm so proud of him. Yeah. Um, Gabby Presto did this amazing background that I'm displaying in my, in my box today. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are... We're getting there. I think now it's going to be – there's a lot up in the air for me personally because my mind is spinning because at the same time it's like I've been working on this solo for so long and now it's hard for me to like relinquish control of certain things to people and trust people with things. And half and half. One half has been like really, really good and saying, okay, here we do, we're going to take it, we're going to run with it. And then the other half has been like, eh, not really into it. I'll get to it when I get to it. I have other priorities and I have other stuff. Not realizing that they are kind of the biggest piece of the puzzle. Yeah. And that's a bit frustrating. Um, but it's, it's very, 
tiring, <laughs> you know. We had a very interesting conversation about morale being down, mm-hmm. you know, and how um, we need we need an injection of morale, of good morale. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to keep people excited, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I especially now with opportunities that, I can't talk a whole lot about right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, however, comma, um, I just, it's almost like, and I had this conversation with Aaron where it's like, I'm almost tempted to just like take funds out of like a, a, a you know, a, an account that I've had forever, you know, a 401k or something and like use that to finance the the production of this thing but then we well, did her budget kevin and- smith would encourage you to do that um kevin smith is one of my one of my goats because i really appreciate his hustle mm-hmm. and and i know i say that phrase a lot but i really mean it when it when i say it because uh kevin smith when it, when he made clerks it was you know he was like a film student recently out of school, right? Had zero funds, calling in favors, getting buddies to be cameramen. Uh, he he signed up and maxed out like a handful of credit cards just to fund the project so that people would get some kind of pay so the, the motivation would be there to get it made. Right. You know? And, uh, you know, he he bet everything on himself. He bet on him. So he knew that that debt he was building up to make his his dream project uh, at the, at that time. Right. Uh, he he believed that he could he could sell it and and fix it, mm-hmm. like fix the, the mountain of debt it cost to make it happen. Right. Um, and I have to admit, uh, I'm I think that way, too. Um, the only thing that stops me from jumping all in on, on my things financially is I've got four kids. I get a feed right. and a wife that would kill me in my sleep if she came home and saw our bank account was drained so I could draw <laughs> cartoons. Well, I don't, I, I don't, you know, I don't have kids. <laughs> I, I don't have a family. So I, in that route, have no excuse. Yeah. And I don't know that that's the right way to go. I just know that. You know, it uh, it worked for Kevin Smith, and I've heard him. I've watched all of the evening with Kevin Smith videos out there, and he constantly tells people, "Max out your credit cards, man." You know, like he. he but just... it's like if he had the means to get the the film into the movie theaters, and he was able to convince somebody to be like, "Hey, I got this film, Clerks. Let's put it on three thousand screens and see how it goes." You know, he probably had friends in high places. My friends in high places are dwindling, you know? Like, I I don't have as many high friends in high places as I, I had once upon a time. I don't know. I think he just made the film and then uh, put it in festivals. Maybe that's and, what we need to and, do next, you know? I mean, that's... I'd like yeah, to, maybe. It's, I'd like maybe. to get us into festivals. I'd like to get us into cons and... You know, and trade shows. And that's another thing that we're talking about is doing the trade show route. Um, 
it helps that we have people attached to the project that we didn't have attached a year ago. You know, now we do. And that is going to help tremendously when selling this thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember my conversation I had with the Cartoon Network exec back in 2017 who said, listen, um, if you came to us with this show on Netflix or on Hulu and you had over 3 million subscribers on YouTube, easy sell, no problem. You barely have six subscribers, but you have like, you know, well, cartoons. And I'm just like, okay. Yeah, easy sell, <laughs> no problem. That... <laughs> but there's also something to be said about the diamond in the rough. You know right. what I mean? Oh, yeah the, and... yeah, the defense of the new. Yeah, so I I don't know. I think that's just a bunch of uh, lazy acquisition executives, you know, going after the the easy picking. Well, in 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 his defense, um, I've known this I I've, I've known this guy for years. Like he yeah. is the gentleman who came to our school and showed us how to succeed in business without really uh, or not how to succeed, how to hook up your home theater, the goofy cartoon. Um, he's the one who was the Disney recruiter um, who I first pitched Chucky e. Chicken to. He loved it. He's like, fix this, this, and this, and you got yourself a show. Cool. Years later, I reapproached him with the first iteration of the concept packet that we're doing right now. And he says, you've grown a lot. I love where it's going. You got to get more cartoons under your belt. You got to keep using social media. You got to keep, you know, hustling and making the cartoons keep going with it. Don't give up. If you, you know, try and get it onto Netflix or onto Hulu or to a streaming platform and then come back to the networks. I personally would rather be like, I want to go on you on Hulu and stay on Hulu or go on Netflix and stay on Netflix. Cause then at least I know it's forever, you know, like those, like nothing ever gets kicked off of those streaming services. As far as I know, um, you know, YouTube, you know, uh, Oh, another piece of news Vivian Madrano released another episode of uh, Hell of a Boss yesterday, episode number mm -hmm. three. Um, and ironically, YouTube took it down. And it, um, it, it went back up, but there was like a little bit of issue with her, um, with her upload because it was a little too graphic. Mm -hmm. Go figure. Um, but again, people, it, it's still, you know, I don't know what, what it's sitting at now. I didn't see the statistics on it, but but she released number three, you know? Well, she's got funding available and a trusted team, right? That has worked with her from the beginning. So, of course, she's going to keep putting it out and putting it out. Well, uh, my understanding and, is that yeah. she, my understanding of how she did it was like she recruited people from the internet. Yeah. And said, let's work together to make a show. Um, we'll sell merchandise to make this thing happen. We, you know, we got to you know, I'll let you, you know, there were really no NDAs signed by the artists with Vivian when they were doing Hasbin Hotel, because if you're an indie creator, you know, you want your work out there. You don't want people being quiet about your cartoon. I don't want people being quiet about Chucky e. Chicken. If, yeah. you know, Elias worked on this really great picture out of a concept that he had for a short, I'm hope I was hoping that he would share the crap out of it. I've yet to see it. Um, same thing with with a few other artists. And so it's like, how do I go and say, 
great. You made this awesome piece of concept art. I'm glad you're proud of it. Go share it with people. Go get people interested in our show. And then what also is doubly killing me is that I don't have anything to upload to keep them coming back. Mm -hmm. Because last year, you know, I was able to, you know, get it out there and keep, you know, making stuff and, you know, get artwork out and get people coming to Instagram and then people would go directly to the channel and start subscribing. But then Mm -hmm. that stopped. Well, I have an idea for that that I'll talk to you about off camera. Okay. Um, But uh, yeah, I've thought about something. You may or may not like it. We'll see. Okay. But But that's my update. Um, Rebecca and I are going back and reworking some character designs we went over the concept packet yesterday and we I think the most fun that we had yesterday was revisiting the characters and really defining their character traits. We did a yeah. lot of fun stuff with the jackrabbits. We altered quite a bit of you know, I, I have this bad habit of wanting to make sure that everybody has a significant other because I don't have one and I want everyone else to be happy, especially in my cartoon world. Um, but we talked about how maybe that could have been very detrimental to the show and we scrapped it. So, um, one interesting, I will, I will share this because I think it is super important. Um, one interesting thing that we did was we changed Johnny Jackrabbit and Janice Jackrabbit's relationship from boyfriend and girlfriend to brother and sister. And that was really cool because now we made him, we made Johnny the hot-headed hair where he blows up on somebody just on a whim. If he feels that his sister Janice is being disrespected, he will, you know, pull a Donald Duck type tantrum and just be unstoppable until his sister comes and calms him down, which I think will work really, really well. I'm excited to see because now we have like this very unique uh trio situation where we have our Mickey, our Donald and our Goofy. We have the the Mickey with Chucky, we have the Donald with Johnny, and we have Goofy with Louie. And it works. You know, we can have Johnny fly off the handle if something isn't going well, and we can have Chucky try and you know, calm him down, and we can have Louie inadvertently get the gang into even deeper trouble. So there's things that we can do with these characters now that because of our meeting that we had yet last night and things that were brought to my attention, we're able to do that now. And that excites me a little bit more. We fleshed out Margarita's personality. So we, you know, I think Rebecca's going to have a lot of fun with her now because she is, you know... Currently, uh, Margarita is the only Latin character that we have on the show, so I'm very excited to see how she's going to take the character. We talked a lot about design. and we- By the way, how awesome were Rebecca's ideas through the whole meeting? Like, she's so dialed in, man. Like, she's right there with a alternative concept, and, and when an idea flops, she isn't there to shame you. She's there to say... Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that probably won't work. But if that caused this to happen and then this and like, does this whole man, I love working with people like that. She's the best. Um, Last night felt like a 
a story meeting that we used to have at Disney. It felt so good. I, I really enjoyed it. Well, that's um, good. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was very much the same energy. Everybody playing what if, right? Yeah. What if this? What if that? Yeah. And uh, there were no bad ideas, just ideas that didn't work but led to other uh, options. Springboarded, and like, exactly. Oh, yeah, it was so good. Yeah, so and good. you guys, I will say this. Like, Rebecca really is the reason. I can say pretty much with 100% confidence that Rebecca is the reason why we're here right now. She took, I, I think I told the story already, but just to reiterate, she took my characters and with one picture, the mermaid picture from 2020, she took Chucky and Chelsea and did them in a way that inspired me to go, okay, we're doing this forever with the characters and prompted me to go back with a critical eye and look on all the character designs and go, how can I plus them? How can I make them better? How can I breathe more life into it? How can I utilize my talents and really make them pop even more? Mm -hmm. And it was that inspiration that led me to do all the artwork with all the characters over again. Um, it was that inspiration that led me to you, that led me to all the people, like it led me to Jana, which led me to you. Um, it led me to Tom, you know, it led me to, uh, people who are, you know, to the Instagram, uh, uh, uh platform where mm -hmm. now we're posting stuff and people are loving it and, you know, not loving it. They're liking it. They're, in, they're interested, which mm -hmm. is better than where we were a year ago. Um, but she really was the catalyst. She was the one who said, I love these characters. I want to see something happen with it. And I'm thankful for her, but I'm thankful for the girls because without Graham Gritting Giblets, that would not have happened. That was the short that pushed her over and said, you know what? You're serious. You really want this to happen. You made it happen. You got one cartoon in the can. You had people critique the crap out of it. I'm on board. How do we do it? How do What's next? And... As long as I keep getting that, <laughs> I'll be okay. You know, I, uh, I it's true. You need encouragement. You need that encouragement. You need people to say, I'm with you. Like, I believe this, and I, I'm on board. What can I do? Like, what's the next step, you know? And sh you, in particular, have also been a huge help. You've brought in this level of professionalism that I could have only dreamed about now granted has it pushed people away yes will it probably continue to push people away probably is that necessarily a bad thing no wait a minute, wait a minute. you started out as a compliment and now i'm but no, 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 no. Here's here's what I'm here's what I'm here's what I'm getting at. Um, <laughs> listen to my sexy voice as I get close to the microphone. Yeah, don't do the ASMR thing, please. Okay, Drives I'm me crazy. Sorry, you brought us to a level where it's like, okay, we can do better. We deserve to do better. And of course, Aaron is calling me. I'll call him back in a little bit. We deserve to do better. We deserve to have the proper standards. We we deserve to have the proper pipeline to make a cartoon because without it, there's nothing but chaos. Yeah. 
and you it's have true. helped produce the chaos. That's what I'm saying. So all of these people who have been a part of our uh, project for a long time, um, and it speaks volumes of them. It does, because all of a sudden it's like you're putting a little pressure on them and they're running away scared. And it's like, okay, were you really and, in it? And, you know, I, I can only, like I've said before, I can only teach what I know. And uh, at some point we'll be able to bring people on board who will shake things up again and say, we're going to bring it to a whole other level, right? That's beyond me right now. I can only... I can only offer people what I know based on my work history. Um, and there are people who they, they don't want that structure, that it doesn't, it doesn't inspire them. But the problem is with a production, you need structure because you got to keep the train on the rails so that you can get to the station, you right. know? Um, yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, that that's a good place to wrap it up. Uh, wait, 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 wait. I, I, I hope that you know that that was a compliment. Like you, you've helped. Oh, us. I, I appreciate it, man. And okay. uh, you know, it's uh, the the best compliment will be having a finished cartoon to show people that is an like improved bring, version. Yeah. Like as much as you say that, you know, the meetings that we've had have made you feel like that you're back at Disney. Mm -hmm. You brought the Disney to Valley. Ah, yeah, that's cool. Well, Thanks, you man. You're welcome, buddy. <laughs> Thanks. Happy to um, help. Okay, uh, so next week, uh, to recap, I will have that page painted, and I will have all the pages up to page nine uh, available to download. I do not know where yet. Uh, you and I, Mike, will talk about that and we'll announce where they can get it next week. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, for our episode, uh, this is what, eight? No, we're the next time is episode 10. So, okay, perfect. Good. We wanted to do something big for episode 10. So we'll announce where they can download the first half of uh, Chicken Mecha Turtle comic. Mm hmm. And uh, some other things I want to talk to you about that could add more content for our audience. So, Cool. Okay? Cool. In the meantime, thank you so much for watching, everybody. I honestly don't know what the hell I'm going to have for next time, so I'm going to be just as surprised as you <laughs> with my update next week. We'll see what happens. Yeah. If you are excited to see what we're working on and you yourself – want to get notified whenever a new episode of uh, producers without a clue is uploaded. I finally said it right. I normally plug your other show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be up to date with everything PWAC has going on, please be sure to hit that subscribe button and also click the bell. So you will be notified every time we upload a new video, yeah. leave a comment down below. Give this video a like if you or someone that you love is in the animation industry and is also struggling send them this video or just share it with people that you love share it with all the animation communities we'd love to get this going um yeah. not only that but please be sure to follow us on all of our social media we are on facebook we're on instagram we're on twitter <laughs> excuse me um follow all of our pages not just uh the drawn to it pages but also valley studios media chucky chicken 
Um, all of the links and everything per norm will be down in the description below. Yep. And I pose a question to you guys this week. What do you do when you feel like the world is collapsing in on your creativity? What are some things that will that help you get uh, rejuvenated? And what are some things that I think we asked this last week, but I'm going to ask it again. Um, let us know. We'll send, keep asking it until somebody until we answers. get an answer. <laughs> until we get an answer. And you know what? Also, if you're an independent uh, content creator, if you're an independent yes. filmmaker, or mm-hmm. you have your own intellectual property that you want to talk about, message us. Get in touch with us uh, because we definitely want to start having guests on the podcast yes, who are trying to get their own ideas out there. Um, yeah, so uh, th- I, I just wanted to mention that, unless we've changed our mind, but I don't think we have about that. I'm down for guests. Yeah, I for sure. People. I work with people, you know. I work, I, exactly. I thrive on that comedic energy. That's me, yeah. you know. Yeah, you people. and me are, are of the same mindset. When the tide comes in, all ships rise. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so all of our links below. Uh, send us a message if you want to talk about your own property. And, oh, uh, I, have, I have one thing I do want to plug really quickly. Okay. It was just announced not too long ago. Um, and this is actually for folks in my hometown of Oswego. Um, I know that this is going to be a little weird, but uh, Valley is actually um, hosting a giveaway. We are doing the uh, the uh, the shockingly amazing artist giveaway. Um, it's actually sponsored by Valley Electric in in Oswego. They want kids between the ages of 8 and 15 to submit artwork, basically showcasing an electrician doing their thing, whether they're putting in wires or putting in a light bulb or going to a job. I will have a video later on uh, basically telling you all about the different rules. Submissions are going to be until February 28th. And um, we're selecting three winners to give them a gift card to the restaurant. When, of your when you say we, who's we? Valley Electric and Valley Studios. Val- okay. Yes. So it's a it's a it's a sponsorship between Valley Electric and Valley Studios. Um, you're going to get a gift card to your favorite restaurant as well as a few other special Valley Studios goodies. So be sure cool. to yeah more information on that later. But. I'm giving you guys the head scoop first. So if you live in the Chicagoland area, um, stay tuned. There will be more information on that giveaway very, very soon. I'm so excited. All right. And what's our uh, sign-out tagline, Mike? Thank you for watching. You've been clued in, but now we got to go clue out. There you go. See you next week, folks. So long. Bye-bye. <laughs>